Glory. Okay. I had a verse here. Psalm 36, verse 8. In the Passion Translation. All may drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house. All may drink their fill from the delightful springs of Eden. Jesus Christ presented a new covenant and he said it's a cup. Did you know that the new covenant is drinking the springs of Eden? See, the only ones that are really experiencing the glory of God are the drinkers of the new covenant. Drinking is mentioned dozens and dozens of times. In fact, the Holy Spirit himself, the seal of our salvation, is a river that you come and you literally drink. Just like you'd go to a bar during happy hour and your bar has patrons and you have daily drinkers. That's how it is in drinking the cup of salvation. Salvation is a daily thing. It's not a one-time thing, because if you stop drinking, you'll get seven times worse. Jesus Christ said, if you get delivered and then don't get filled, you'll get seven times worse. I've seen that thousands of times. It's not a theological issue. It's a river issue. It's a liquid issue. It's an indwelling, infilling issue. It's a spring of Eden springing up in your heart unto eternal life and keeping your soul drunk on love. It doesn't mean you're going to be weird. You probably will get weird because you're going to get so undone from the natural dimension of snakes, scorpions, and every unclean thing. Every demon and every demonic influence that has bound you into the lie of living a natural life instead of a supernatural life in the river of life, all of it's going to be burnt off of you. So you will get undone, and it's usually messy. We want to hold it together, look good in front of others. God wants to get us undignified, which means growing in the anointing. There's no one that's ever been used of God that has been used respectably. They've always been persecuted because it always comes outside the box of man's control. The anointing only works outside of man's control. At any point do you try to control the white dove, guess what happens? He flies away. You can't control the white dove. The white dove controls you. Amen? <laughs> so you yield to the greater one in you, and he lifts you up over he who's in the world. Revelation 2 and 3 talks about the overcomers that are in the world. The overcomers that overcome the world overcome by clinging to the white dove. He lifts you up. He's called the Spirit of Grace. And he can be grieved, he can be resisted, he can be quenched. He's a person, he's a faceless man. Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit to lift you from the realm of the dead by the sanctification of the Word. The Spirit himself is what takes the Logos Word and transforms your inner man, cleanses your hearts, and springs up through your mind. It's the inner working of the Holy Spirit. You can grow into the Holy Spirit so much that you don't have a human life whatsoever anymore. You have a complete and total angelic life. That's God's plan for everyone after they're born again. But we always say no because the enemy, one-third of the angels that fell, 
and all the fallen heavens have a negative influence on the soul realm through your senses, through your reasoning, through your logic, and through the false wisdom of the world, and it, and it depletes the ability of the Holy Spirit because you stop desiring the abilities of the Holy Ghost. So the only way to actually spurn people on towards greater works, the Bible says, is by jealousy. Jealousy. Making them jealous by presenting to them a demonstration of the third heaven, the power, the ecstasy, the joy of the Lord, the glory of God, that they're not currently walking in so that they know that they're so much more available in this perfect covenant than what's been presented in churches. And no one's angry at churches. It's just it's time to raise the churches up into the church of the firstborn in heaven. It's time to lift the churches and rip the roofs off the churches and the four walls of the churches come down because churches really limit you inside buildings made by human hands. And God, during this dispensation of grace, during this time of tremendous revival and tremendous acceleration, wants us to have cities as our churches. To the church of Philadelphia, to the church of Ephesus, to the church of Corinth, to the church of Smyrna, to the church of all the churches in the Bible, Colossa, every, to the church in Rome, every church, 100% of the time in the New Testament is a city. There is not a single exception to that in the New Testament. The fact that we have limited ourselves to this little tiny boxes as our churches is the most diabolical thing you could ever imagine. Because then we don't get into sonship, we don't require the river to disciple cities, and we just have these little tiny buildings, and it doesn't change society. That's the plan for Jezebel to shut down spiritual growth. That's what Jezebel does. Instead of having citywide and society-wide influence, we're stuck in these little buildings and we try to bring people into our buildings instead of taking over society with a kingdom that disciples cities. Jesus Christ presented a gospel. He says, go out and disciple all nations, nations, even beyond cities. Disciple all the cities of every nation, baptizing nations. What? That's what the Bible says. Baptizing nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How do you baptize nations? Well, you can't do that by just infancy-level Christianity. That's an ability of righteousness. Moving beyond elementary things, Hebrews chapter 6, going into advanced teaching. Amplified Classic calls righteousness advanced teaching. It's advanced because it 100% depends on the spirit and 0% the brain. At this point of your maturity in Christ, the brain has been crucified with Christ. The brain crucified with Christ is a yielded vessel. It's a superconductor of glory electricity. It's a superconductor of creative power and ability of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The brain was never created in the beginning to be the leader because the brain is flesh. The brain is made out of the soil of the earth. It's brain matter. It's actually quartz crystal, silica. Brain matter is made out of the dust. It's nearly diamond. <laughs> Adam and Eve's brains were diamonds. Oh, it's true. Like the interior castle. It's a perfect diamond. The soul is set as a perfect diamond. Now, the abilities of the soul are only by the submitting 
to Christ in the Spirit. The soul can be a superconductor of demons, of lust, of perversion, of religion, of all the sins that are in the world. The soul is a superconductor of everything that's in the spirit world. When you put on the helmet of salvation, it becomes a superconductor of the kingdom of heaven within your spirit. So whatever's in your spirit is being conducted right now through the quartz crystal of your brain. You can't blame the brain because it's just the soil of the earth. It is literally like an inanimate object. What gives the quartz crystal silica life is whatever is working in your spirit. That's why the new covenant only works in the spirit and later on transfigures the brain to superconduct the Holy Spirit inside your heart. Amen. So it's a perfect setup. All we needed was a Savior to get our heart cleansed and get our inner man completely built up with the Word of Grace. And that's the only thing the Holy Spirit does, is illuminate the Word of God in our spirit. And the more your spirit has the Word in it, the more your brain will superconduct the grace of the Lord Jesus. We're coming into a place of Revelation 5-6. We've been hitting this a lot the last couple years. Because this is the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, the total crucifixion of self, to live to the Lamb in the midst of the throne. See, you're being consumed from the inside out by the kingdom of heaven, Luke 17, 21. The kingdom of heaven is not outside you. It's not. If it is, it's because it came out of you by rivers. The kingdom of heaven is within your heart when you believe. That is the major revelation of going from the kingdom of heaven flying around in space. You know, where is the kingdom of heaven? We can't find the kingdom of heaven. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here staring up into the sky? This same Jesus is coming through you before he comes to you. Which means stop looking for Jesus on the outside. Why are you looking for Jesus in the realm of the curse? The angels rebuked them. The first day Jesus ascended up into the Holy Spirit white cloud, the angels were right there rebuking the men of Galilee, the apostles, for being bewitched. They were already irritated the first day of Christianity that the apostles were bewitched. Looking for Christ in the natural dimension is witchcraft, bewitchment. It's blindness. It's blind leading the blind. If your soul's looking for Jesus in the natural dimension, there's no... There is no doubt about it that you will find demons and angels of light that deceive you and you'll get so filled with religion that you'll be so cursed that you'll become Pharisees. Pharisees become Pharisees. Most of them started out with good intentions, with true, genuine, born-again experiences. But then they, they have their souls looking for Jesus on the outside and they get full of the light of Satan that's darkness, which is religion and sorcery and the magic arts. And they become the magicians of Babylon. It's true. Jezebel's been discipling Christians for 2,000 years. Read the Bible. Jezebelic Christianity is the norm in Babylon the Great. It's actually extremely rare to find a church in the world that's not heavily influenced by the principality Jezebel. How do you know? Because their souls worship an external Jesus and they're all 100% bewitched by the witchcraft of the principality of Jezebel. 
How do you not have witchcraft in your soul? Well, you've realized the glory and you live in the river. That your soul is controlled by the river outflowing from your belly. And we're going to preach this until it's all the witchcrafts washed away because less than 1% of the body of Christ has started walking in this. I mean, this is how far ahead we're pioneering and forerunning this. Less than 1% of Christians are operating this, and it's way less than even close to 1%. Almost nobody on the planet. We're pioneering and forerunning sonship perfection of being sealed in the Garden of Eden with the rivers of Eden outflowing from your inner man, fully built up in the new covenant, and glorifying your soul with seven horns and seven eyes of Revelation 5-6. That is sonship that's being perfect as your Father in Heaven's perfect. How do you see Christ in Revelation 5-6? The Father fully slaying His heart and soul with seven horns and seven eyes, the seven blazing torches of God the Father's Spirit. This is a man. you got to understand Jesus is a man and He's in the flesh in the book of Revelation. He's transfigured. That's where we're going. Perfection. The full reverse of the curse and the overcoming of death in this same exact experience of the firstborn. Jesus. Everything you see happening to Jesus, God wants to happen to you. The growing in wisdom. The growing in favor. The, the going from glory to glory. The rising in influence. The rising in stature. Everything about Jesus relates to you because you're born of His seed and you need to grow for that seed to consume your entire heart and then burn up your personality. Most people constantly say no to the development of the seed because it works against the natural plans that they have for their life. There's a tree of knowledge of a natural life which is living submitted to the curse and then there's a tree of life of a supernatural divine plan that God has for everyone's life that is living life according to the Spirit. People have mostly a mixture of both. Very few people that have ever lived the last 2,000 years have been totally set apart from the tree of knowledge. It's so rare because you live a, completely li a complete life in the glory. And it's going to look more childlike. Maturing in Christ is growing in childlikeness. Getting undone from the soul and getting childlike in the spirit. The spirit is a child. A perfectly pure child. Jesus Christ is called the holy child of God. I don't care if you're 99 years old, you need to grow in childlikeness. Let your youth be renewed like the eagle. Natural age is not good. Spiritual age is good. That's growing in wisdom. We're a generation predestined and foreordained to overcome death. And that's why we need all this advanced teaching and advanced revelation of what's available in Christ for us and to digest it and to get used to feasting on strong meat for the mature. Infants in Christ, if you start out eating this kind of meat, this kind of sonship level revelation, you'll be stronger than any Christian in your region very quickly. Because the purer the meat, the stronger the meat, from the higher the glory dimension, the faster your spiritual growth in Christ. And it doesn't look like all the education and religion in the world. You're not going to look smarter. You're going to look like you're more undone, more undignified. 
If you want to look intelligent and smart, you got to go to Satan, the tree of knowledge, because then it puffs up your soul. See, Christianity is about the burning up of the soul as an animal sacrifice. It's called the mark of the beast, the carnal mind, the brain. It's saying no to the influence of the principalities of the external kingdoms of this world of Satan and his angels and saying only yes to the internal kingdom of heaven and building up the kingdom of heaven in you and fully persuading your soul to not eat from the external mountains of the seven principalities of, of the kingdoms of this world of Satan and his angels. And you have, you have to be discipled in it because you are so influenced by the external realm that it's subconscious. I mean, it's ingrained into you from birth that you're just a natural person having natural experiences. To become supernatural is a completely other and holy world that we know nothing about except by revelations from the realms of glory. And the deeper your realms of glory, the deeper you are in the glory, the more revelation you have. All revelation is hidden in the glory. You can never have living words, living revelations of God, except inside the spirit of glory. Amen. The spirit of glory is the only place those living gemstones exist. The only place of the silver, of the spirit, and the gold of the Almighty. Job 22, I have made the Almighty my gold, and the Holy Spirit is my precious silver. It's valuing the words and the wines of the kingdom of heaven internally more highly than anything of the external natural dimension. Less natural, more spiritual, by bread, by wine, by gems, by gold, by silver, by angels working in you, by the Word of God working in you. I tell you the truth, you need to be washed in the water of the Word every day. It's a daily bellying up to the bar and drinking the water of the Word. It's crystal clear and sparkling. And you might need an hour or two. And God will set it up so you can get washed in the Word. Get some Amplified Bibles on. Get some Bibles on your phones and, and whatever. Just so you spend a little bit more time. And God is not in a hurry. <laughs> Listen, He took 6,000 years to get us here today. And He's very patient. He's very, very slow to anger. He's not frustrated all the time. He's, he's in perfect peace. He's the Prince of Peace. So you need to understand those natures of God and all of that rushing, all of that, that hardness and that cragginess and the crustiness that says you're not measuring up, you're not good enough, you need to be better, do gooder, all this, that's all Satan. All that's Satan. Because yeah. Satan's the one that puts the pressure of the law on your souls to perform. The Spirit of Grace says enter the rest. Yeah. Entering the rest is maturity. Religion says you need to do more. You need to do, 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 do. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Do to measure. When you, when you come into the spirit of grace is when you get set free from the law working in your brain. That's the demonic influence of religion, which is the main thing wrong with all of us. That's all the realm of Cain, Leviathan, and pride, and performance, and religion. Cain offered a sacrifice. Cain was the first religious person in the Bible and his nature is exactly like Satan. He's called the son of Satan in the book of Peter because he was the first religious person 
that brought his own performance out of his soul, that didn't use the Holy Spirit in his offering. He didn't need the Holy Spirit. He was good in his own eyes and brought sacrifice that was pleasing and acceptable to his flesh as a religious performance. Cain is the principality of self-righteousness, pride, and religion. He's the first religious person in the Bible. He was participating in the same acts as Abel. God received Abel's sacrifice. God rejected Cain's sacrifice. Cain brought flesh. He brought a carnal nature sacrifice. He brought strange fire. Cain brought what the sons of Aaron brought in Leviticus chapter 10. His own energy. The ability of the flesh. It's true. We need to become more dependent on the Holy Spirit. God is patient with us to get all the Cain out of us. That's a huge worldwide principality. It is so gigantic, it's overwhelming. You just deal with it on an individual basis and you'll know you're getting Cain out when you have more childlike love in you, more bliss in you. You're drinking more and the drinking, the daily drinking and the daily coming to the bar is what keeps all the world out of you, keeps Cain out of you, keeps your brain addicted to Christ in you and not looking for Christ on the outside going to Cain for religion. Cain is the light in you that's actually darkness that Jesus Christ warned you about several times in the Gospels. It's a liquid light of the fallen angels. It's a liquid light of Lucifer. Lucifer has a river. I'm not talking about the light bringer. I'm talking about Satan, the ancient red dragon, the primal evil. He's got a river spewing out of his mouth in the Bible. Two times in Revelation, there's a counterfeit liquid, a false anointing of the Antichrist, of the religious spirit, that people drink it, and then they get good in their own eyes. Most Christians drink the liquids of Cain instead of the liquids of Eden because they're prideful, they're self-righteous, they're performance-based witches. They're witches. That's what witchcraft is. Witchcraft is, you know, we want to say Christianity that's based on the soul. Christianity that's not based on the Spirit is not Christianity at all. It's Jezebelic witchcraft. Wow. So we're dealing with all this stuff in all of us. And the only way to get it all out is by drinking the new wine. Drinking these springs of Psalm 36, verse 8. All may drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house. All may drink their fill from the delightful springs of Eden. And getting delivered from lust and perversion is only possible by drinking the springs of Eden. (laughs) There's not enough discipline in the world that you can be good in the flesh. You need to become more dependent on the Spirit of Grace, on liquid ecstasy. Because it's about being fulfilled in God's glory and not just denying yourself. You can deny yourself and just be a total Pharisee. That's mostly what Christianity we've seen in the world is. It's just having accountability partners, you know, internet partners and people that, you know, put internet guards on your stuff so you don't look at pornography and you have accountability partners and none of that's overtly bad. But how about ecstasy fulfilling you so that there's nothing in you that would desire sin anymore? A lot of that stuff is just external discipline. It's just religion. Amen. 
And I'm not saying go out and sin because all sin leads to death. I'm saying get internal springs working in you so you can raise a standard of glory that overcomes the lust and the perversion of the flesh and the eyes. Yeah. Because until you're fulfilled in the torrents of Eden and the torrents of pleasure, yeah. it's going to be inside you anyway, dormant, yeah. and the glory of God's going to reveal it eventually. You're going to fall. Yeah. So the issue is getting it burnt out of your heart and all the hidden person in your heart glorified. I don't care how ugly it looks. I've never seen clean deliverance. And the more people try to suppress it and look good in their soul, put the Bible in their soul, put good works in their soul, look good in front of others, the uglier their fall will look later on, even if it's when they die. Some people can hold it all in and be good up until the day they die and have no internal transfiguration and just get in by fire insurance. That's the mass majority of Christians who've ever lived. We don't want to be those kind of Christians. We want to live in Eden now. Jesus tore open the veil so that anyone who would believe can walk into the realms of Eden. The flashing sword of the Garden of Eden is the word that sanctifies you. It's the word of grace. The blood was shed for you to enter the Garden of Eden. How do you enter it? By believing the prophetic word. The more you receive the spirit of prophecy, which is the new wine, and the prophetic word, which is the living bread of heaven, the more your inner man's built up with the third heaven, and paradise is formed internally. That the internal realm of paradise and the internal realm of the kingdom of heaven and the internal realm of Mount Zion is more real to your soul than the natural realm of the curse of the fall. That's the overcoming of the world, that the soul no longer draws from any external demonic influence. And the soul 100% draws from the seven spirits of God, the fulfillment of Christ in us, the full spiritual stature of the Lamb in the midst of the throne, fully slain with the seven horns of fresh anointing oil, seven spirits burning, and these are God's sevenfold Holy Spirit of grace. Which means you're going to screw up thousands of times. Because this is a world and a discipleship that is completely unknown to the natural man. And we at, all, at one time were all natural men and women. We all come out of the curse so that we can't say, well, my God, you don't get any more grace. You need, you've been given so much grace. I mean, Jesus Christ said seven times 70. Seven times 70, you forgive your neighbor. That's 490 times a day. That's a lot of grace. I don't know anybody that sins 490 times a day, especially if they're in love with the Holy Spirit. My God. But Jesus said that that's the... The standard, which means I have given you unlimited words and spirit of grace to overcome anything. If you, don't, if you just get the accuser off your soul saying it's performance-based, you messed up again, punish yourself, punish yourself, and you let the demons in because you're still under the law and you're deceived and dying for lack of revelation, if you can be completely secure and fastened in grace, knowing He's giving you unlimited words of grace to build up your spirit and rivers of grace to lift your soul up into higher dimensions, you can overcome anything. People defeat themselves by coming into agreement with the enemy. 
saying, well, I've had enough grace, and now I've, I've screwed up, and we watch them all the time drop like flies. They get in, they go back to weed, marijuana, alcohol, sexual morality. They get into all kinds of weird stuff, and they don't come back to extreme grace and extreme glory because they're not worthy anymore, and their mind got beat up by a demon, and the demon corralled them into some religious dry place, some rebellious dry place, and they just gave up. I'm not good enough. I can never be a part of that perfect tribe. They're so perfect. Listen, these are the least perfect people in the whole planet. Luke 7:47. whoever's forgiven much loves much. We're just that drunk every day. If I don't go and drink, I mean, I am just an empty vessel of death. There's nothing good in any of us except the river, and the river is in there because we're thirsty for it, because our souls have been so beat up by all the sin that's in the world, and we're sick and tired of dying and losing to demons. That's the only reason we got so strongly into the anointing, into the drinking, and so deep into the realms of Eden. We needed it. We needed it. The survival instinct went in so many times where I'm just so desperate to, to come out of the demonic influence, to stay in the glory. I don't want to die. I want to live. That He's just showed us all of His paths and, and all of His ways. Amen. It's by desperation. It's by desire. It's by drinking. It's by following in, falling in love. It's by following the Spirit of Truth. It has nothing to do with our natural ability or being good. It's not about being good. It's about being thirsty. It's about being drunk with love by being overwhelmed by your king. Your king carries you up Mount Zion. You can't climb Mount Zion. That's a revelation everybody needs to hear. You can't climb Mount Zion by anything you can do. You can only be carried by the king working in your spirit by leaning your whole personality upon him. There's nothing you could do. You could read the Bible for a hundred million years and not grow in one degree of glory. Because it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with you yielding. Amen. And the Spirit will teach you the Word. The Spirit will work in you say, it's time to eat some of the Word. He'll direct you what to read in the Word. He'll direct you to men and women in Christ that are more mature than you to help you along the way. And you'll get to know Jesus Christ. And you'll live sealed inside His marriage chamber. Sealed inside His love. He'll put the seal of love on your heart. Amen. And your heart will burn within you as you walk with Him along the way. Revealing the Scriptures to you. Illuminating the Word to you. So you're no longer perishing for lack of knowledge. You're thriving because you're full of revelation truth. The light of His revelation illumines our path. And the Spirit Himself raises us up from the realm of the dead. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, and so are we. How do you get into the glory of the Father? Only by faith. You can have no works in, mixed, in mixture with your faith. No works. Listen, the glory does the works. Do you want the glory works, or do you want religious demons? Do you want the death of strange fire of Cain and the sons of Aaron? Repent. Some of you need to knock all of it off and start getting into the glory. Let's see what the glory can do. And start being real ministers of the glory realm. And stop being workers and start being lovers. Repent of all your religion. Get into the river. Let the river run through you. Let the river control your soul. 
get completely undone from self and live surrendered to the mind of Christ constantly. The mind of Christ alone does all the works in real Christianity. Anyone who does works or brings words and does ministry apart from the river of the mind of Christ is illegitimate and a minister of strange fire and under judgment. Let them be washed into the river worldwide and let the river of life take over all Christianity so we can have an, a, a perfect representation of the invisible God by the yielding of our entire soul and personality upon Christ in us, the realization of the glory of God in Jesus' mighty name. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Support this ministry. Donate at redlettermen.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow and be blessed. Amen. <laughs>